Welcome to the Truth Across Time podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Farmer. As a lifelong student of history and English, I enjoy learning about the cultures, customs, and lifestyles in the Bible. Please join me as we explore the fascinating world of biblical events and the people involved. You'll see that the people of the Bible had concerns, triumphs and tragedies, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, not too different from our own. But because the Bible is God's Word, we can learn spiritual, eternal truths while looking at those people. Now let's go on this adventure and explore the truths that cross the limits of time and location. Welcome to part two of our study of King Josiah. I'm excited that you're with me, and I pray this historical account of King Josiah gives you encouragement to stand strong for the Lord, even when society and other forces try to stop you. God expects us to stand for the right, even in the midst of a wicked culture. King Josiah had to do just this. Before we jump into part two, let's quickly review a little from last week's podcast. We briefly covered the history of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. We concentrated on Judah as that was where King Josiah reigned. Remember that the kingdoms of Judah and Israel came about from the dividing of Israel. Judah left on its own, and the other ten tribes became Israel. The twelfth tribe, the Levites, were not a part of the division, as they were not landowners, so they continued to exist in both kingdoms. They suffered terrible persecution in the north, in Israel, but they weren't wiped out. Under the good rulers of the south, in Judah, they thrived, but under the wicked southern kings, they faced persecution there also. Now let's continue our story. The Assyrian Empire that had conquered the northern kingdom of Israel about 722 BC had begun to crumble, and the emerging Babylonian Empire was just beginning to grow and to start to flex its muscle. In this lull between the two, those two great military powers, Judah was able to govern itself pretty independently without serious interference for about another 130 years. In our last session, part one of this story, we ended with the death of King Amon of Judah in 642 BC. Just to quickly review, the southern kingdom of Judah had fallen into idol worship, just like the northern kingdom of Israel had. However, Judah had four really good kings in its lifespan as a nation, and there were periods when the worship of Jehovah, the true God, flourished again, and this, more than any other reason, delayed the eventual destruction of the nation. Yes, military and political issues were major factors, of course, but the nation's occasional repentance and return to God always brought an extension of relative peace and stability and kept judgment at bay. Uh, just a quick side note, the four good kings of Judah were Asa, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and Josiah. After Ammon died, Josiah became king at the age of eight. Josiah was the 16th king of Judah. 
Josiah was a good king and a great man. The Bible says that when he was only 16 years old, he began to seek the God of his father, David. Here's a bit of what Holy Scripture says about Josiah. This is from 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Then in verses 15 through 20, the prophetess Huldah gave this message about what was going to happen and what God had to say about Josiah. Then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. In the twelfth year of his reign, when he was only twenty years old, he started tearing down heathen shrines and other places of idol worship throughout Judah. When he was 26, he began the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. Sadly, the temple had been used, at least in parts, for worship of false gods for years. Total desecration. During the renovations, the person in charge of clearing the treasury room discovered a scroll. It was the sacred writings that Joshua had received from Moses hundreds of years earlier. Many Bible scholars think that this was a copy of what we now know as the book of Deuteronomy. King Josiah consulted a prophetess named Huldah, and she told him of the coming judgment on the nation of Judah for its long years of wickedness and idolatry. But she also told him that the judgment wouldn't come in his day because he had remained true to the God of Israel and he had humbled himself before the only true God. Josiah banned all idol worship and demanded that worship be given only to Yahweh, also known as Jehovah. He reintroduced Passover celebrations. 
He had the Ark of the Covenant and its contents hidden, knowing that at some point an enemy country would conquer Judah, and the Ark remains hidden to this day, Indiana Jones movies notwithstanding. But there are always battles to be fought, and Josiah was killed in a battle with an Egyptian army. This battle was probably the result of a misunderstanding, but we don't have time to go into that today, maybe in a later podcast. After Josiah was killed, Judah lasted about 50 more years under four more kings. Judah was conquered by the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar, and Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C., Many of the people were taken captive, and this period is well documented in the book of Daniel. I know I've covered a lot of history in this session, as well as the previous session, and for those of you who are not history buffs, I hope that you still see value in reviewing that information. Specifically, it tells us just what a deplorable condition Judah was in when King Josiah came to the throne. By that time, the nation had been steeped in wickedness and idolatry for so long that it's truly a miracle that a godly man like Josiah was able to accomplish as much as he did. But God is good, and I believe that he was giving the nation one more chance to repent and to turn from their wickedness before bringing judgment on them. He always gives people time to repent and turn from their evil before he moves. So, what do we learn from King Josiah? Well, here's what I get out of it. Number one, you are not a hostage to history. Not your country's history, not the culture's history, not your family history, and really not even your own history. You are not destined to live with and or repeat the mistakes of the past. Jesus Christ gave his life at Calvary so that we could be redeemed, redeemed from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. He wipes out the judgment that hangs over our heads and threatens to engulf us in despair or depression or pessimism or shame or whatever. If you love God and seek His truth, if you repent of your sins and turn to Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you'll be free of the curse of sin and safe from the judgment to be poured out on this world. You can become a child of the Most High God, and your story can turn other people to Jesus. Another point, do not be afraid to take a stand for Jesus, even in the midst of a wicked and corrupt world. Don't be afraid to stand out in your culture. Everything in this world is in the process of passing away. Your stand for Jesus affects not only you, but those around you. You don't know who you may be influencing. Only eternity will tell. Nothing including society's approval, must stop us from standing for what's right and telling the world about Jesus. Also, love God with all your heart. 
learn his word for yourself and reject that which is evil. What will happen in and to an unbelieving world will happen. But each one of us, each disciple of Jesus Christ, can secure our own legacy by standing for truth and righteousness in our own time. Thank you again for being with me this week, and remember to join me next week for more studies in the Word of God as we discover more truth across time.